Hi, Paul Hansen here. You're listening to the second segment of the 20th edition of Boss Tone Radio. Today on the line we have Rusty Anderson. Rusty's got a whole ton of credits, but he's probably most famous for being in Paul McCartney's band. Rusty's also a solo artist, so uh, he's got a new album out called Born on Earth. Let's listen to an excerpt from that album. This is from the song called New Beginning. But it seems like we just stay In suspended animation My head is spinning Your hands are free Man, Rusty, I really dig that. It's uh, it's kind of psychedelic. I, I probably should ask you about uh, your guitar tone. How did you record that lead? Do you remember? Not really. I mean, I think it was sort of standard fare. I did it in my studio uh-huh. and and just did a, a few passes till I got it sort of right. The interesting thing about that song is that it was actually written as an intro for the set um, huh. because I did my last record. Then we started playing live and I. And we needed something to as an intro. New beginning. And, um, yeah. It really didn't have any lyrics or anything. And then Matt, ha- the the rhythm guitar player, had a bugle sitting around, sort of as a decorative piece or something, and picked it up and played it. And I go, oh, that'd be cool to put in the song. So we we picked a key that would work with it. And it's a B flat instrument. We were tuned down a half step. Uh-huh. So that's how the bugle found its place in there. And it actually, the last song in the record is called Intro, which is the original version of it without lyrics, and that arrangement and then uh i wrote a song around it with lyrics and a chorus and everything and that became new beginnings which is played oh i've got that uh the intro too i love that all these awesome guitar textures and stuff um you you know one thing that kind of jumps out at me is uh, how in tune you are (laughs) of course you can be in tune lots of different ways but i just mean the traditional guitar being in tune uh-huh. I heard you just got a Boss TU-1000, the top-of-the-line Boss tuner. Yeah, it's cool. Um, and I, uh, I'm just messing around with it now. I've, I've always used uh, TU-12s, mm-hmm. the staple. And I actually have an old rack. I have the half-rack space uh, Boss TU-50, I think. On your TU-12, is it the white one or the gray one? Uh, I think it's the H. That's the one I was like, because it can read more extra high frequencies but um that tu1000 is huge yeah exactly i actually got that and i'm excited to use it for live i haven't started using it yet but uh it looks very robust and clear and easy to look at yeah because of its size so easy to read Mm -hmm. and do you have a tu2 the traditional boss floor tuner yeah i think the ones i have a few different tuners the ones that i use live mostly the tu12 
and I'm planning on using this TU-1000. Uh, the, the TU-2, that's the chromatic one, right? right. I mean, that's, that's the one, that, one right? that's shaped like a boss pedal. And yeah. yeah, I've used those before. I haven't, I haven't used that in my configuration yet, but I'm, I'm planning on it. And another boss pedal I use, I use the guitar silencer, really uh, effective when I'm playing live. The guitar silencer, is that a pedal? Yeah, it's a pedal. Yeah, it's a Boss Noise Gate kind oh, of. Oh, it's the, yeah, Noise Gate. Our new one is the NS2. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one. I'm not looking right at it, but it's Boss, and it works really well. Yeah, it cleans up the noise really good. Mm. I heard you got a GE7 equalizer pedal, too? Yeah, that's really cool for, I use it mostly for quirky sort of sounds. Like, yeah. if I want to get a special effect kind of sound as opposed to, yeah. I mean, you can use an equalizer for anything if you just want to slightly shape it. I do that stuff, too, but. I found the GE7, that equalizer, if you put it after a distortion pedal, it works really awesome for shaping or, yeah, getting special effects. Yeah, I put almost everything after distortion pedals. It seems to be a better... You can put everything before it, but that's a really extreme, crazy sound that, you know, it can be fun and interesting, but hard to sort of contain. Yeah, the distortion pedal will distort all your other effects. Um, I also heard you got a uh, DB60 Boss Metronome. Mm-hmm. Um, do you practice with metronomes regularly or drum machines? I have. I've practiced with uh, guitars and metronomes for years. I, I haven't done it lately. I mean, it was sort of earlier days. I use the Boss uh, you know, when I'm producing as a production tool to get tempos. Uh, also, sometimes for practicing piano. I'm, I'm not as advanced at piano by far. Much better guitar player, so it's sometimes helpful when I'm working on a piece on piano. Um, like I said, I noticed you're really in tune. First of all, the guitar is pretty important. You need a guitar that goes in tune, right? Uh-huh. Do you use fairly heavy strings? I use 10s mostly. Ah. I, a few guitars have 11s, a few guitars have 9s, on electrics, that is. Uh-huh. And then on... Uh, on my acoustics, I use 11s or 12s. On the Born on Earth album, do you have any guitars that are tuned uh, differently or tuned maybe lower? Well, a lot of the songs are tuned a half step down, and then I'll tune the low string down a, a whole full step, step on top that. of that, so it'll be a step and a half down. I mean, no no real weird tunings or anything. You know, well, I'll tune the, the, the high string down a whole step, and that's a kind of... Groovy thing. Well, I got the intro from the Born on Earth album we talked about before, and um, I want to play this because it has all these cool textures. Does this have that tuning where it's the low E is a C sharp? Uh, yes. Okay, here it is, Born on Earth, the intro.
Those are some great guitar tones. I notice you've got echo going on the guitar. Uh-huh. Is that done in the studio, or I bet it was done with a pedal? Yeah, I usually don't use studio echoes for yeah. some reason. I mean, occasionally I do, but I, as far as guitar, I like them with pedals or you know effects going between the guitar and the amp. Do you have a favorite echo pedal? I mean, that almost sounds like tape or analog. Um, I don't remember which one that is. It might have been a Boss. I have an RPS-10 I like to use. Uh-huh. Or it could have been a real Echoplex, or it could have been... I have, a, I have a bunch of Echoes that I use for different things. You know, we have a... Uh, well, it's fairly new. It's the RE-20. It's basically... Uh, oh, yeah. I have an RE-20. It's um, I have that on one of my pedal boards. Oh, I love that pedal. Yeah. You can dial in that old tape sound. Yeah, it's a good-sounding delay unit. Do you run that in uh, the Amps Effects loop? No, I don't use... I used to, Years ago, I, I messed with that stuff, but I don't like doing the effects loop thing as much because it sounds too clean, sort of. I mean, it sounds good for certain things. Uh-huh. It's a little more clean and hi-fi, but I kind of like the the attitude you get from yeah. from an effect going between the guitar and the amp. Do you run your amps fairly clean? No, I... I, I in the studio, I, I'll play with it till I get it right. I mean, it could be super uh-huh. over-the-top distortion or super clean. Usually not super, super clean, but fairly clean or in between. When I'm playing live, I usually run the amps at a semi-distorted. So if I turn the guitar on 10, the amp is uh, a little dirty, but I can turn the volume down and, and clean it up, and then it sounds clean, or I can kick on a pedal and you know get dirty. Let's go back to uh, maybe eight or nine years. After 9-11, did Paul McCartney then ask you to go on tour with him? Uh, yes. Well, that, what happened was our very first gig, the first gig with Paul was um, the concert for New York. At Madison Square Garden. Yeah, and that was like a little less than a month after 9-11 happened. In fact, I remember going there, and you could still smell in the air. Uh uh, from from ground zero, that that crazy smell mixed like cinder blocks and plastic, and it was very strange. Anyway, uh, so that was a crazy gig because we just went over there, did like a rehearse for a day or two, and and then uh, played this gig with uh, David Bowie and the Who and Elton John and Eric Clapton and the... and those guys are basically warming up for you. Yeah, it was it was really surreal, and I met all these people. I met President Clinton, and I met <laughs> you know Pete Townsend, and I met James Taylor, and I saw Elton, who I'd, I'd worked on his record less than a year before that. Uh-huh. So that was good to see him, and then I saw and Keith Richards, and all these people, and it was really a lot at once. That was our first real gig, and wow. um, that was pretty crazy. How do you keep from making mistakes in that? I mean. The, I think I would lose it. I think that it, 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 it actually, for me anyway, it does the opposite. It makes me really focused in. Focus, and, yeah. And the, the biggest problem I had at that gig, I remember for some reason I had some weird back thing going on, like a this freaky back spasm or something I'd never had before, never had since. And, huh. then, uh, and, and a friend of mine massaged it and got it out just before I went on, <laughs> which was really... Maybe, you know, it just was stress. I guess, yeah. but it, it was funny, you know, because it, it only happened at that one gig, and then it went mm-hmm. away, and we went on stage and played, and, and 
after that, I thought, if I can do this, I can do anything. The hardest thing was <laughs> that you have that, that feeling, well, at least we'll go on stage and there'll be the audience and the lights and all this, the colors and all that. And we walked on stage and they had the house lights on. They had a bunch of white lights on all the people in the audience because it was firefighters and it was right. policemen. And, and it was really about them and about uh-huh. the, you know filming it for TV. And so they needed these bright lights. So it was almost like a big classroom. Yeah, I've done those TV gigs, and it's really bright, and you can see all the people. Yeah, it was. TV is, is sort of like that. It's like a big classroom, and it's not a vibe kind of thing. It's not like yeah. playing some cool Woodstocky gig or a club or, or an arena where you have like the whole normal chain of events. That really helped me get used to all the various things that would happen after that. Um, I read that you played with Paul in front of 500,000 people in Rome. Uh-huh. I've been to football, pro football games where there's 100,000 people, maybe max, but I can't even imagine what half a million people is well, like. This was actually, in, we played inside the Coliseum for maybe 1,000 people or something, uh, sort of more of a half acoustic show. And then we, then we played out in front of the Coliseum down the Appian Way for... Uh, like what, five hundred thousand people, That's... and that I think about halfway through the show it became completely dark, and at a certain point the the audience held up lighters and it looked like just a whole river of fireflies going off the edge of the earth. I, I just can't the imagine. I mean, that must have stopped traffic for a week or something. Something. They must have time aligned the PA somehow. Oh yeah. Well, what they do is they it, it would be a. Uh, us playing on stage, and there would be screens and lights and PA, and then 50,000 people, and then they'd have the next set of screens and PA, and then 50,000 more people, the next set of screens and PA, and this would go on. This is like 15 of them, you know? Wow. 20 of them, something, whatever that math adds up to be. But I can't. I don't know, I don't know. I can't imagine. Rusty, so are you heading out on tour again with Paul soon? Yeah, I'm going out. Uh, we're doing some stuff in Europe. I'm leaving uh, in November. I think we've got something like in the, we're doing some rehearsing and then something on the 12th. That's one thing I wanted to ask you about. See, I visualize, actually, I can't really visualize rehearsals with Paul McCartney. I can't visualize a rehearsal, you know, like in one of those regular rooms at SIR. But what's it like doing a rehearsal? Well, we'll rehearse um, at different venues. I mean, we've rehearsed at many different venues, sometimes ah. actually at the venue itself or sometimes different ones, mm-hmm. sometimes his place in the country. Sometimes uh, we'll rehearse at, a, at a, a studio, a real like proper rehearsal studio in, in whatever city we're in. So mm-hmm. it can go a lot of different ways, but it's fun. You know, it's, it's nice just to get back in the groove and play music with the guys. It's, it's and uh, we we just spent the whole summer doing gigs in the states and and uh, Canada and we yeah and then we're doing I'm doing stuff with Paul uh, in Europe we're doing a bunch of dates all over Europe coming up in the late part of this year and um, so then I fit gigs with my own band around that we we do mm-hmm. you know local clubs and stuff we played in Texas we played in Colorado and we played uh, I did some gigs actually promote my last record in in London and in England and all the whole UK area. So it pretty much keeps me busy between all that stuff. I wanted to ask you about this. You guys are on Surf Dog Records? Uh, the last one was on Surf Dog. This one's on Oxide. Is this, this your own label or is it? That's a- my own label, Oxide. And these days it's kind of uh, a good way to do it. 
I mean, the, things could change too because the whole business model is completely changed. And right. We'll do a lot of more things themselves and use different companies to do different distribution or whatever. It, right now, my record is available. The actual physical CD is available right now exclusively on Amazon.com, but that's going to change in November. And you can also download it on uh, iTunes. iTunes, or that's or, where I got it. You're right that the business is changing. Mm -hmm. Would you recommend that a new artist record their own album? Probably. I, I don't really know. I think everyone's in a, in a different situation. For me, right now, it sort of makes the most sense to use my own label. Uh -huh. um, uh, you know, I'm not a business genius. Uh, it's sort of the necessary evil of yeah. it all because I think most artists want to, they just want to make music and that's really their main, main focus. Uh -huh. And I think that it's actually, in a way, kind of a shame that it forces artists to use up their part of their brain that deals with all the marketing and social media and record company stuff. But it's, it's kind of the way it is. Yeah, you have to. Couple last questions. Do you have some advice for guitarists who'd like to have a successful career like you have had? Man, uh, I'd say follow your bliss. That's what I did, and I, and I never knew if I was making the right decision or not in life. I just sort of followed this muse, and I, I, somehow it worked out. I look back and think, wow, you know, the, that crazy winding road brought me to where I am now, and um, you never know, really, if you're making the right decision or not. You just kind of kind of try to follow your, your instincts and use your head, and the business changes so much from year to year and when i first started out it was really different than it is now no kidding yeah i think the hardest part is that there's so many artists and there's so many people doing it look at like in the in the early days of recording back in the what the 40s or 30s or something there was very few people doing it and every decade there's more and more artists doing it but you know by the time the 60s came there wasn't that many maybe there was what 50 albums released a year or something and now there's probably five billion oh, man. so follow what you love yeah and any last words about boss gear since this is boss tone radio well they make some fantastic products and uh and i think they've been uh sort of go-to products for a lot of people i mean they've been on a lot of records and i've used many bus products over the years rusty thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show and good luck with your new record. Cool, man. It was great talking to you. The bell starts ringing at the carousel. But all the bags kind of look the same. Let the baggage claim. So open it up and see what you... This is Rusty's song Baggage Claim from the Born on Earth album. And it really resonates with me because I've spent so much darn time in airports. Special thanks for you guys for listening to the show and using Boss Gear. And you can always reach us at askboss at bossus.com. Don't forget, Rusty's website is Rusty Anderson. That's Anderson with the S-O-N. RustyAnderson.com. And don't forget, Boss's website is bossus.com. Paul Hansen saying thanks for listening, and I'll see you later. Take a chance and leave this checker, pass behind.